We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power! And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested. Sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, everybody, to the show. We are live today, so I get to see all these wonderful people in the chat room. Hello to everybody in the chat room. Glad to see you guys here today. Please Starting off, don't forget to like and share. Make sure you like and share now. The more you share, the more people can catch us live. And then maybe even subscribe to us so they can be involved in the next show uh, without waiting. And so we're really, really excited to have you here with us today. Uh, Lots of great stuff going on in the very near future. Uh, I wanted to first mention to you, I know it's around here somewhere. Uh, There we go. All right. Uh, We have the event in Spokane, Washington, coming up here this next week. The Liberty Summit. Just to give you a little notice of where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing. Not quite sure what is going on. With that, I'll just put that up there and forget that one. There we go. Um, There. So we're starting off with a viewing of our non-compliant documentary on Friday, November 19th, uh, 6.30 p.m. on Fire Ministries in Spokane, Washington. It is open to the public, so we are hoping to see you there. We are also doing a Liberty Summit on Saturday. So come and watch 
the movie on Friday and then join us on Saturday. We will be at Valley Assembly Church in Spokane, Washington, and the festivities, the learning, the equipping, and the uh, igniting and encouraging or whatever words you want to throw in there uh, starts at 1 p.m. with the history of the Constitution. Then I'm going to tag team JC. He'll come in and teach righteous resistance and then... At 4.30, we will continue with where we go from there. Great training going to be in Spokane, Washington. Love it when we go and speak to the patriots there. Very, very active patriots uh, in Washington, Oregon, Northern California. Happy to be with them. Cool. We're going to be with our friend and uh, now pastor, but former representative there in the state of Washington, Matt Shea. Great guy, military guy, former military, former representative for the people of the state of Washington and excited to be with him because he's just a great guy, really nice guy, good friend. We've known Matt for, wow, really, really long time, Mm -hmm. really long time. So back by popular demand, J.C., Uh, We had the webinar on religious exemptions in the workplace. And this was the first webinar that I'd done and we'd done together as a team. And we got our feet wet with it and it went really, really great. But overwhelmingly, JC, people were contacting us and saying, when are you going to do this again? I missed it. I have more friends who want to do this. So here you have it right here on Instagram and on Facebook. $10, JC, $10 is all it takes to attend the webinar, Religious Exemption in the Workplace, November 22nd at 8 p.m. I heard there's some folks charging $1,500 just to fill out somebody's religious exemption form. Is that true? That is absolutely true. There are lawyers who are charging people $1,500 just to help you fill out your religious exemption. I, you know, I'm not one that is for government regulation of private business. I mean, I'm serious. If you going to pay somebody to do that, I'm a caveat emptor person, but this is just, I don't know. Taking advantage of people like this is wrong. It's a moral issue. I think you think the government should step in and do something about that? No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't, but that is a bit, seems a bit outrageous. It does. It seems a bit outrageous. And um, you can save yourself (laughs) $1,490. Sign up for my webinar and I'll actually teach you how to do it and save yourself $1,490. Now, if you want to go ahead and pay $1,500 for it, uh, there's... There's knock yourself out because we're a nonprofit legal firm. So you can go to libertyfirst.legal, libertyfirst.legal and make your $1,500 donation and it'll be a tax write-off on your taxes for 2020, 2021. We're in 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know either. 
So anyway, instead of paying $1,500 for a letter, why don't you donate $1,500 so other people can get the letter and, you know, we'll help you do it yeah, right then know, and there. We know tons of people who have successfully gotten a religious exemption. Absolutely. And I can lots tell and you lots and lots. lots of people. And I can tell you that the people we have helped have gotten their religious exemptions. I mean, I've even helped people get religious exemptions after they've been denied. So we've helped people appeal that process and actually get their exemptions. Now, I will tell you, we don't have 100% success because there are some places who simply want to deny. They don't want to be legal. They don't want to be moral. They don't want to do the right thing, right? So, you know, I mean, here we have, all right, here we go. Richard is telling us even Pfizer is approving religious exemptions at their drug plant in McPherson, Kansas. So if Pfizer will approve religious exemptions, I don't know what else, you know, who else would have that problem. And obviously you shouldn't have to ask for that. And, no, and, and absolutely not. It is certainly reasonable if you want to don't do it and right. go ahead and get fired and, right. you know, stand up in that way. That's fine, too. I mean, JC and I took that stand we'll 11 years ago. I'm not telling anybody not to take the stand. File a lawsuit. That's, right. You know. So there are a lot of different ways. Not You don't have to do it. No. Um, but there is help if you want to go that route. And that's what the webinar is for. And the webinar will teach you the legal background and will even give you forms <clears throat> that somebody else might charge you $1,500 so for. November 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Right. Uh, we'll have it posted on chrisannhall.com. You can go and register there. Yeah, it will be up on chrisannhall.com shortly. But if you want to go right now before you forget, or right after the show before you forget, you can go to my Facebook page or my Instagram page, and the direct links to the webinar yeah, will the be right there. Religious exemption is for the employer. Someone said, who's supposed to accept religious exemption, the government or? Well, it depends on who your employer is. Yeah, if the government employer. is your employer. If you're a government employee. Yeah. Yeah. So it's your employer, whether right. it be private or governmental. And we help, um, I, I can even help advise people who are military. Uh, we have we have helped government contractors now. Uh, actually, we helped, and I can't talk about this, obviously, in specifics, but there is one very large government contractor here in Florida where we, where we helped a large number of them. And I just got the report today Every single one we helped got their religious exemption from this, cool. from a government contractor. That's awesome. Right. So all this propaganda. So those, that those the are federal media, contractors those are under federal, the federal contractor mandate. Federal contractors under the federal contract mandate receiving their religious exemption, which is complete contrary to the media and the politicians propaganda that there are no religious exemptions available for Contra, uh, you know, federal workers, federal contract workers. It's simply not true. We have proof. We have gotten religious exemptions for, at this point, dozens, dozens of people, federal, contract. federal contractors. We've actually gotten, uh, I, I haven't talked about this much, but we've actually been helped people who are active duty military get religious exemptions. 
So and again, no guarantee. It's a lot of it. Yeah. It, it's about the attitude and orientation of the employer, you know, right. a lot of variables there. Yep. A lot but, of variables, but right. you know, it's something. You it's something. We, we support your right to choose. That's the bottom line. Everybody should have the right to choose. It's not something that should be mandated. Bernadette, any word on uh, how successful of, of the success the folks you uh, you've helped using America's frontline doctors resources? Just curious about that. Yeah. Cause they're, there's particular language that right. it's really in some places critical, which is why you, yeah. why right. you took this approach to help, right. try to help people. Well, we started seeing the way people just doing whatever mm -hmm. and it getting knocked back based on lack of certain languages or, right. or the way it was written. I so, can tell you that. And some I haven't of, looked at their stuff. Well, so I have because mm -hmm. some of the people that I've had to help on appeal first filed with their stuff. Mm. So uh, I don't know, you know, I mean, so it could have just been an employer thing and not the stuff from the frontline doctors. But when we appealed what they had filed as the form from the frontline doctors, you know, their, their letters they created, then we came back and appealed and supplemented. We were actually able to get the exemption. Gotcha. So we have, we what we do what we do yes Stephen, you can accept your own exemption you can can and you know one you of the exempt, things you can exempt all of your employees Stephen. yes yes absolutely if you are a sole practitioner no i'm serious if you're any if you're any right if you're self-employed that's part of the thing i've exempted that we, myself we're self-employed and we've exempted ourselves we've exempted our employees too so anyway, it, one of the other things we'll address in the webinar is if you are an employer that is facing a mandate, what are your options, right? If you are an employer and you, have, you are being told you have to mandate this on your employees, then what are your options? And these things are very, you know, very... They, Things are changing and shifting as lawsuits are made. Terry, we don't publish our forms on the internet. Uh, that's part of the problem that I've seen with those places who just simply say, here's our form, use it. Uh, when you start having people use these forms where they're not appropriate, it really dilutes the efficacy of and the reputation of itself of the form. And so we don't actually do the form we don't publish the forms so you can get the forms through the webinar because in the webinar i'll teach you how to use the forms appropriately right. i'll teach you when they're supposed to be used appropriately and how or, and how and then uh if you don't go through the webinar and you come through our our law firm liberty first legal then we obviously assess the forms for the employer for you and help yeah. you do that so again, November 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll have the webinar. Um, the forms will be part of that and be instructed on all this stuff. And then, you know, like you said, a lot of the lawsuits and injunctions have happened right. since you did the first one. So there's right. some, you know, some other stuff to talk about. There's new stuff. Um, and yes, you will be able to replay the webinar um, after yes. the fact. So it yes. is replayable. After the fact, if you are not available at on November 22nd at 8 uh, p.m. 
uh, Eastern Standard Time, then if you sign up for the webinar, you will have time to watch it at your own time. Right. right? You don't have to watch it live, but you but do you have, to, have to you do have to register for the webinar. You do have to register for it, but you will have the opportunity to watch it. JC, I want to kick off today's show with some really great news. Something that made me cheer out loud. I mean, seriously, and quite actually. You can contact us for the legal stuff, by the way, at libertyfirst.legal. Mm -hmm. Libertyfirst.legal. If there are uh, legal issues that you have questions about or um Anything that we would need to refer to anyone in our network. So I saw some people asking about unlawful termination in reference to the vaccine mandate. So reach out to us. Yeah. Um, you know, may or may not be able to take stuff like that, but we have uh, we have some people within our network that can take a look at it. Uh, every termination issue is uh, is unique. Uh, has its own circumstances, depending on who's the employer, the contract, all that kind of stuff. But we can certainly have somebody take a look at that. Right. Libertyfirst.legal. I've put it up on the screen. It's in the chat rooms so you can see it there. But every termination is different. Every termination is unique. So we have to look at them. I will tell you that on the webinar, we'll give you a step one, step two, step three process for uh, people whose exemptions are denied. So we even walk you through the, the thing about whether you're going to be denied or not. Okay. So libertyfirst.legal. If you have specific questions, sign up for the webinar. Go to chrisannhall.com. Uh, if you go to chrisannhall.com, I'm not sure when we're, do you have any idea when that's going to be up there? I do not. chrisannhall.com. We'll find out. But if in the meantime, all you have to do is go to my Facebook or my Instagram, I'll be putting it up on LinkedIn as well. And you can catch it there. Did you share the link in the chat? You can share the link in the chats here. I can. Uh, from Facebook. And I can also add it to the show's description on Rumble and all the other places. Yeah, so there's the link in the chat right there. Um, if you want to try to copy it down, there it is right there. Uh, but it is in the chat, so you can, it is a hyperlink even in the chat, so you can go to the chat and click on it there and get registered as well. Share it with other people so they can get registered. Uh, we want to see more people this time. Char that would be really great. Charlotte, if your deadline is quickly approaching, reach out to us once again at libertyfirst.legal. Libertyfirst.legal. So great news, JC. Great, great news. I'm very excited. I'm cheering on the governor of Oklahoma today. The governor of Oklahoma has told the Oklahoma National Guard that they are not going to have to take Biden's mandated vaccination. Awesome. That is really great. See, this is the power of the state. This is the power of the governor. You know, JC, most people don't realize because this happened so long ago when we've raised generations of people. The National Guard is actually the state militia. The federal act that co-opted the National Guard, that co-opted the state militias and turned them into federal militias is a completely totally, absolutely unconstitutional legislative act. 
Congress has authority to have troops in time of need. They are the U.S. military. But the state militias are to be organized at the state, maintained by the state, and the governor is the commander-in-chief over the state militia. The only time that Congress is to have authority over the state militia is when they are called up for service when necessary under a declaration of war or national emergency. So the state militias were to be, if we're totally honest about this whole, the way it's all set up, we're not supposed to have an army and a Marine Corps and an Air Force that are constantly populated. We are supposed to have state militias that are constantly being trained and then called up to service at time of need. We are to have a Navy, a constant Navy for the defense of our our seas around us. So basically they co-opted the state militias and turned it into a standing army within within the states. Yes. Well, even now, the U.S. Army, the Marine Corps, the Air Force would be qualified as our founders would see it as a standing army. First off, because we haven't had a constitutionally declared war since World War II. So all the deployment of our troops are being done outside constitutional authority. So there's problem number one. Problem number two is our founders actually believed that the necessity for troops would be a rare occurrence, that we would rarely be at war. I think it's probably still true that the necessity is rare. Right, exactly. (laughs) Now, they create justifications for constant need of troops all over the planet. Right, exactly. But the actual need, that's a different story. Right. Our founders did not create America to be the police force of the world. As a matter of fact, if you look at the first presidents, you will see that the preamble of the Constitution, which says to provide for the common defense, our purpose in military was to defend what we have, not to go out and be proactive or to be someone else's defense. As a matter of fact, we were supposed to remain neutral. And even Je- even Washington said we shouldn't have allies. We should have customers. Yeah, basically. That's a paraphrase, but that's pretty much what he said. But the governor of Oklahoma, J.C., declaring his authority over the Oklahoma state militia, is it National Guardsmen? No, they are Oklahoma Guardsmen. They are not National Guardsmen. They are Oklahoma Guardsmen. And even the state constitutions have the governors as the commander-in-chief over the Oklahoma um, state militia. And so there you have it, taking back the authority of the state And that's how it's supposed to work. In line with that, did you see this one, JC? We have California, right? Oroville, 
California, city council in California overwhelmingly voted to declare the city a constitutional republic city to protect its citizens in light of federal and state mandates. Wow. Oroville Vice Mayor Scott Thompson said, what we are doing is protecting our citizens' rights as much as we can on the local level. In a way, we're acting as a sanctuary city for our citizens and their rights and freedoms protected by the U.S. Check that, and state constitutions. How awesome is that? It was passed by a 6-1 vote. A 6-1 vote. And here we go. Oroville, I'll put that up so you can see where it is. Oroville, California. Right there. We'll zoom out a little bit so you can see it. Right there. Yeah, just north of Yuba City where our friends are located. We have taught in Yuba City. is where the church is at. We have taught in Live Oak, California. We have taught all over this area, JC, and we have taught them about states' rights. So this is Oroville, and the city of Oroville, California, has said that we will honor our oath and we will support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of California, and we will protect the rights of the people, and we will not submit to these unconstitutional mandates. What's hilarious is how they used what Gavin Newsom had done previously. Mm -hmm. So he he used the terminology sanctuary Mm -hmm. city about San Francisco when he was trying to to uh, keep the government from enforcing immigration laws. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which which was not a, a, a sound use, an actual constitutional use of the nullification principle. However, right. he used that terminology. And so these guys are saying, hey, Gavin Newsom set the precedent for us. We're using the same techniques he did. So but they, it really sets him up to like, what now what are you going to say about right, exactly. the same thing you did? And they're actually using the appropriate right. Mechanism that that's the appropriate use of sanctuary, right? That's hilarious. Here, I think it's awesome. So, the resolution passed by a six to one vote. Who was that guy? Mm -hmm. Who was that one guy, right? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I think of that song uh, of the the electric company, one of these things is not like the other, right? So, it's California. Maybe you're that Even one guy who figures out you don't belong in Northern California. You need to move to Sacramento or LA. or LA or something. But passed by a vote of six to one on November 2nd, the city council issued this. And here's what in part what the resolution says. Any executive orders issued by the state of California or by the United States federal government that are overreaching or clearly violate our constitutionally protected rights, they are not going to Enforce. We will not comply. And I think that's absolutely uh, great. This is, like you said, this is local government taking care of its citizens. And that's what they took the oath to do. Local government doing their job, 
in their oath. Separation of powers, individual rights, rule of law, not dealing with lawless, not, not playing with lawless government. We are not going to submit to lawless government, period. I think that's fantastic, isn't it? Yep, so it's great. And they wrote the city, they wrote the ordinance in such a way that that they could handle things on a case by case basis, which is necessary, because you have to be able to weigh the constitutionality of these things. You have to be able to say, well, maybe this is okay, maybe it isn't okay. They didn't say all executive orders will be disobeyed, just the ones that are not constitutionally compliant. Mm -hmm. And that's the authority of the local government. That's the duty, guys, under the oath of office. If you take an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state, then it's your duty to check the laws, check the ordinances, check the EOs according to that standard. And so that's, you know, that's what we're, what we teach here. That's what non-compliant movie teaches. If you, I mean, noncompliantmovie.com, another service that we provide to the general public at no cost, watch noncompliantmovie.com and learn why Auroville, California is absolutely right in doing what they're doing. Maybe I'm overemphasizing this stuff that we do because JC, I got uh, somebody, why does it get under my skin still after 11 years, somebody attacking me on social media, calling me a grifter. And somebody said uh, it's somebody was having trouble signing in to, or getting a response from Liberty first legal. And then mm -hmm. somebody jumps in and says, you shouldn't expect anything from Chris Ann. All she's doing is using Liberty first legal to, uh, skim money from the public. She doesn't do anything, hmm. which is interesting because since Liberty First Legal has been in existence, I've never taken a dime from Liberty First Legal. Correct. We, JC and I have never taken a dime from Liberty. We don't even, well, I don't even get paid for the legal work that I do for my nonprofit. Right. You find an attorney that works for a nonprofit law firm that doesn't get paid. Even the nonprofit law firms pay their employees and we don't i mean we pay those that work for us but we don't pay us so i suspect that jackass making the comment gets a paycheck for his job yeah i bet he does <laughs> i bet he does i didn't stick around you know what i don't have tolerance for these people anymore jc i just block yeah, them sure i just block them i'm done with them i don't even want to have anything to do with them can i have just a teaching moment where we talk about this for just a second Go for it. So this is, I blocked out the name because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but this is a question that came up on uh, social media. And I get this a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just take a second to answer this question in public again. So how can the Bill of Rights protect them, right? The people. Well, the answer to that question is, the reason why we have the problems that we have. The answer to that question is the Bill of Rights protects no one. As a matter of fact, James Madison himself, you know, the father of the Constitution said that the Constitution is mere parchment. It's just paper and ink, and so are the Bill of Rights. 
People have to protect their rights and the rights of others, not paper. And protection begins with that education. And so that's why I give the pop quiz that I give, right? Without looking at anything, without checking your pocket constitution, without checking your online oracle, without asking your husband for the answer to the question. (laughs) Name all five liberties recognized in the First Amendment. Because national polls say if you ask that question to a group of people who are not Liberty First Society students, 2% of the people you ask will be able to name all five. And if you can't define your rights, how are you going to defend them? By the way, if you can't define your rights, how are you going to appropriately elect people who take an oath to support and defend them? How are you going to vet these people to even do that? And so that's why we have libertyfirstsociety.com. Nobody's moder- that education is there. Nobody's moderating our chat room, by the way. So nobody's moderating our chat room. Is somebody being abusive? No, I somebody's some it looked like someone said it looked like their comments disappeared. Oh. It, which is possible, but it wasn't. Yeah, it's, it's possible, but it's not us. We're not yeah. We're not doing that. We have no control over what they do. But libertyfirstsociety.com is where you get the education that to, to actually answer that question. We cannot define, defend what we cannot define. And so when people say things like constitutional rights or they say the Constitution defends our rights or they say the Second Amendment defends the rest. No, you do. You do. You do. And if you don't know what your rights are, is a really good chance that you're not actually defending them. You know what I liked about this post on Instagram, JC? There were several people who actually were honest and admitted that they could not name all five. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought that was that was a pretty refreshing thing for me because that's 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 really, really important. So the last thing that I want to Facebook and YouTube and all the rest hate us. So it, hate us. It, there's no telling how they jerk around with the comments and the feed and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Well, you and that's, that's why we say like and share. If you like and share and especially like and share and comment, that's like the formula for helping us get success. If you like and you share and you leave comments, you are more likely to get notifications when we go live. You are more likely to have our posts in your feed. And you will help bring other people to us by overcoming the the algorithm bumps that yeah. stop in our way. And don't forget, while we're speaking of this, I don't think it's up there anymore. Don't forget to go to sovereign.media, S-O-V-R-E-N dot right media, sovereign.media. So S-O-R. S-O-V-V-R-E-N dot, dot media sovereign dot media yep and create your account create your account and we just our creator account finally just got set up so we'll be uh we'll be loading you know shows tons, tons of stuff, stuff there and and beyond uh sovereign dot media so we can get away eventually get away from all this facebook right. and all this nonsense right. 
Right. And then you'll be able to see what we publish without it being pulled down yeah. or. So just got all that, basically all that yeah. settled today and uh, I'm going to start, you know, yeah. putting out content over there. So looking forward to that growing and uh, it's very nice. So uh, if you missed it, go back, go back in the show archive and, and look for the uh, Ben Swan interview show and talks about the new sovereign media platform platform social media platform yeah absolutely it's um we can yeah it's it's in the title ben swan interview episode 1397 uh so you can oh is it check that out 1390 and hear all about Seven. that there we go all right we'll just go ahead and show it to him up there how's that i won't put the sound on but you can see 1397 ben swan interview and it's on our YouTube channel. There you go. I was happy back then. Yeah. All right. So, um, JC, you know that the Fifth Circuit, the Fifth Judicial Circuit, has slammed the federal government's OSHA mandate for vaccination, uh -huh. right? So the federal government, who mm -hmm. is constantly preaching against nullification, has decided that they don't have to abide by the injunction, that they're going to just go ahead and push through the injunction and and ignore the court's restriction on mandating the vaccinations. Gotcha. So more hypocrisy. More hypocrisy. So let's what I have here is an interview with the surgeon US Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, not Murphy, but Murthy. And I wanted to show this to you because one of the things that he says is fake news or fake news, the way the fake news fact checkers would call fake news, right? It's okay. only they take a little grain of truth and they blow it into a reality, All right. right? So here we have an interview. Yeah, don't spell out the word sovereign like yeah. S-O-V-R-E-N. Yeah. So watch this and listen. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh defending those new vaccine and testing requirements for companies with 100 or more employees. It comes amid pushback over two dozen states and a new legal challenge in court. Here to discuss is the U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy. Good morning, Dr. Murthy. Let's, let's start with those legal challenges. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday blocked the mandate, citing grave and statutory and constitutional issues. I know you're not a lawyer, but is the administration confident this can survive the legal challenges? Well, Martha, the president of the administration wouldn't have put these requirements in place if they didn't think that they were appropriate and necessary. And the administration is certainly prepared to defend them. Did you catch that? How he didn't answer the question? How he didn't answer the question. <laughs> and the answer to the question is not what the court says, because remember, the court has said that this is a 
an overbroad, reach overreaching non-authority of the government, basically, right? Grave constitutional, Grave constitutional consequences, which is why they granted the injunction. Grave constitutional consequences. Because what they said was, look, we have to grant this, inju this injunction because if we don't grant this injunction, people will lose their jobs, they'll lose their income, they'll lose their homes, they'll lose their futures. So we have to protect this until this case is seen to its conclusion. Mm -hmm. Now, she says, in, in the court has said there are grave consequences to this. His answer is, well, the administration would have never done this if they hadn't believed that it was necessary. So I want you to want you to hear his response one more time, because this is the response of the government, right? Necessity. Well, Martha, the president and the administration wouldn't have put these requirements in place if they didn't think that they were appropriate and necessary. So who cares if they have grave consequences? Right. They're appropriate and necessary. So let's continue. And the administration is certainly prepared to defend them. But let's step back for a moment and just look at why these are so important. Throughout our history, we've seen that we have used vaccine requirements to protect the population. It started back with George Washington, in fact, when he required troops to be inoculated for smallpox. In the 1800s, schools started having vaccine requirements. When you think about the work... George Washington. Mm -hmm. The dude needs to stay in his lane, okay? Here's the thing. Now, I don't know if you caught it. Maybe if you didn't know what I know about this, you would not realize the shift that happened, okay? So the, the play on words here is vaccination and inoculation, mm -hmm. right? So fact number one, there was no vaccination for smallpox when George Washington was president of the United States. George Washington did not order the vaccination of the troops. Okay. And now what he's referring to is this letter from George Washington to John Hancock February 5th, 1777. And he's talking about the condition of, you know, what, what they're dealing with here. Now your commander in chief, he's not president, but he's the commander in chief. Mm -hmm. He's the general of the troops. The vaccination did not exist for smallpox on February 7, uh, 5th, 1777. What he says was, Smallpox has made such head in every quarter that I find it impossible to keep it from spreading through the whole army in the natural way. I have therefore determined not only to inoculate all the troops now here that have not had it, but shall order doc, Dr. Shippen to inoculate the recruits as fast as they come into Philadelphia. Do you know what he's actually talking about? He's talking about creating natural antibodies. So what they're doing is like what, what my parents did. Um, I don't know if your parents did this. My parents did. When one kid got chicken pox in the neighborhood, 
Everybody in the neighborhood sent the kids to go play with the kids with chicken pox so they would catch it and then they would have a natural immunity. Inoculation in this is talking about a natural immunity. Look at what he says um, here. I'll put it back up here. He is talking about creating a herd immunity, a natural immunity. He says, uh, I have therefore determined not only to inoculate all the troops here now that have had it, but shall order Doc Shippen to inoculate the recruits as fast as they come into Philadelphia. They will lose no time because they will go through the disorder while their clo clothing, arms, and accoutrements are getting ready. Accoutrements are getting ready. So what George Washington is doing is not ordering vaccinations of the troops. He is ordering that they get the virus and work and get treated through it in a managed condition. So what you have here is a situation now where what they're doing is they're getting the a, a very mild version of smallpox. They're being exposed to a very mild version of smallpox. So they will build a natural immunity. This is the opposite of what our government is doing today. Our government is denying natural immunity and mandating a vaccination. So what you have is what should be declared by the fact checkers as false, because number one, there was no vaccination, so it couldn't have been mandated by George Washington. And number two, it was not based on vaccinations and boosters and blah, blah, blah. It was based on natural immunity, building herd immunity. Number three, JC, it didn't, didn't impose it on employees and employers across the globe with no opportunity for anyone to escape it. So there you have it. And we're not going to get into the 1800s because there were plenty of people in the 19th century that opted out without any, you know, losing their job and that sort of thing. So anyway, so, it's just annoying. So back to the uh, Fifth Circuit mm -hmm. issue right. connected to this. So. The Fifth Circuit initially issued the stay, but then they they reaffirmed their stay right. in this twenty-two page right uh, twenty-two page order right. Um, and they, I mean, they the the initial stay was there wasn't a bunch of. I mean, they didn't say a lot, did they? I mean, no, it was uh -uh. pretty bare bones, but uh -uh, they this didn't. Is, this is a lot more extensive. Yes, this this one, I think. I don't know if I have it up here. I've been using it on my phone, so I don't know if I've opened it on so I my think thing. So in the, it's very detailed and it's yeah, well and, written, very well written. Right. Well, what, and what I understand, they've consolidated petitioners from outside of the Fifth Circuit. So th th does this then sort of draw 
does it broaden it? In, in other words, um, these are not just, I mean, it's, it's kind of odd, but it seems like this has become bigger than a fifth circuit kind of thing. You're now outside uh, the geographical boundaries of the fifth circuit. Well, the- and I believe that's an argument that can be made, but it is something that uh, is not, so generally speaking, mm-hmm. a fifth circuit opinion only binds the states within the fifth circuit. Right. Which However, is, it doesn't mean that the, it, it also doesn't prevent other circuits or courts from reacting exactly, accordingly. Exactly. So even though, even though it doesn't legally, maybe in, you know, technically speaking, this doesn't apply to you, but what you very often see is the, I mean, this signal this kind of signal well, what's going to happen ultimately and, you see not, a lot of circuits not really. up Okay, so what happens is, and this is this is how you get to the Supreme Court, by the way. You have you have disagreements within the circuits. So mm-hmm. just because one circuit says one thing, another circuit doesn't have to go along with it, right? So you have varying degrees of authority in the courts. Mm-hmm. Within the Fifth Circuit, a Fifth Circuit opinion is controlling of lower courts. Mm-hmm. The lower courts are not allowed to legally go outside that unless they have a specific challenge to it. Okay. Other circuits are not controlled by it, but in law, it's what we call influential. So the fifth circuit's opinion is influential, but not controlling on other circuits. So what happens then is the other circuits, if I am arguing a similar case in the 11th circuit, then I would probably take the Fifth Circuit opinion and I would quote the sections out of the Fifth Circuit opinion in my 11th Circuit argument and say, look, this is what the Fifth Circuit is doing. This is why the 11th Circuit should do it as well. And so if the 11th Circuit goes along, then the more you get, the, the then you get a greater trend. And when you have a larger number of circuits that agree and you have a circuit that comes against, what you find then is a tendency that the Supreme Court will go with the larger circuits, Mm -hmm. groups of circuits than the one. But you get a point, you get decisions, you get the Supreme Court to take up cases when circuits conflict. Mm -hmm. So when you have a same situation in different circuits and the different circuits conflict, or the appeal is taken to the Supreme Court from a circuit, then it goes to the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court doesn't have to take these cases. So if the Supreme Court denies an appeal of the Fifth Circuit, then it stays. It it, it stands as controlling law. And then the other circuits can argue, oh, look, the Supreme Court refused to hear this case, which means they must agree with the Fifth Circuit so now we have to agree with the fit with the fifth circuit as well. So if they deny it, then it is a kind of agreeing unless they say we don't agree or deny, we're not taking it because of standing or whatever. So there are, it really is a complicated thing. The best way to get to the Supreme court is to have conflicting circuits because then the Supreme court is forced to come get a referee. <laughs> You have the knife, so. Well, but you already have 
similar cases where the injunctions are being denied and these cases are being heard. Unfortunately, you have similar cases where the Supreme Court has denied injunctions. Mm. So just a little crazy. Well, just a little tip, guys. Most people want to run straight to the Supreme Court. I am not somebody that wants to direct file to the Supreme Court. I'm telling you, you're better off starting as low as possible because you're more likely to get a favorable opinion the lower the court and then let the people who don't want your opinion appeal it. Let them assume that cost of appeal. Mm -hmm. So you were going to say. No, just trying to understand all of it in yeah. simple terms for us, for us simple non-lawyery people. Yeah. Um, well, it is simple. So is this, you, <clears throat> we're likely to see, I, I can't see how the I Supreme do have to Court go in doesn't just a minute eventually or two, take this up. Yeah, no, I can't see the Supreme Court where the Supreme Court can avoid this. Yeah. They're going to have to take this. They're absolutely going to have to take this. Now, the question then becomes, and I'm writing an article about this, guys. This I'm writing a carnival article. Right. This is BTS. the OSHA. This is just OSHA. This is just OSHA. There are other lawsuits against the mandate uh, from federal contractors, federal contractors, all this other stuff, defense. too. So I believe that the Supreme Court will take this and wrap it all up in a big bow, saying this mandate, period. But I'm writing an article about it right now. And in this article, I'm going to show you what the Supreme Court will have the tendency to do. The 5-4-4-5 split that you can you can somewhat expect Okay. with that. So I'm writing an article right now. I'm hoping to have it done uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. We'll have that published. All right. If you want to keep up with that article... Go to chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. That's where we publish our articles. If you want to learn more about the Constitution of American history, if you thought that story about George Washington was fascinating, then go to libertyfirstsociety.com. Learn why I, the Oklahoma governor said no at noncompliantmovie.com. I, I don't trust the Supreme Court at all. No, we're going to talk I, about that. I see the Supreme Court saying, oh, yeah, mass mandates for everybody is fine. And then if states don't stand in the gap, you're talking about massive unrest throughout the country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I see. Absolutely. Well, and maybe what you'll see is a mass exodus from those states, uh, improving the prosperity and economics of the states that actually represent and respect people's liberties. And that's the free market system our states were supposed to be operating under. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, guys. We can't wait to see you on Wednesday. Make sure you like and share. And when you're liking, when you're sharing, when you're watching, leave your comments and help us overcome the algorithm. Show us in your comments what you liked about the show today, and then you will show other people why they need to watch it. Right? God bless, guys. We'll see you on the next show. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights.
We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested. Sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we 